Hey, good morning, Elevate Church. How are we? Fantastic. Good. Good to have you here. This is actually uh, the fourth and final week of a series we've been teaching called Made for Mondays. And those of you here with us for the first time, welcome. Uh, you can catch up on the series via our podcast, and I'll do a little little recap in a moment. But I want to, before I dive into today's message, I actually want to let you know next week we're launching a new series called When Pigs Fly. And uh, the big idea for this series is miracles, that you and I, we can read throughout history that God performed miracles, miracle after miracle after miracle, starting with the miracle of creation and uh, and, and, and here we are in 2018, and the big question is, does God still do miracles today? And here's the great news. The great news is God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the same God that's done miracles in the past, whether it's yesterday or thousands of years ago, is the same God that we serve and follow and love today, and the same God whose power we have access to today. And I know from leading here that a number of you need a miracle. And you may even be wondering if God's even, even willing and able to do that miracle for you. So we're gonna lean into that for four weeks, talk about miracles and teach about miracles of protection, miracles of deliverance, miracles of healing, and miracles of provision. And you may need one or more of those uh, sorts of miracles in your life. So make it a priority to be here. You probably also know somebody that needs a miracle. And uh, I wanna encourage you to make sure you, you bring them along as well. And we're gonna teach this and we're gonna have a, a, a crew of our team available every week to pray for you specifically uh, at the end of, uh, of our live experience. Uh, we're gonna have an opportunity for you to, to pray for yourself and really you know, establish that and tap into that power that God has available to you. So that's coming up next week. I'm pretty, very excited about that uh, for next week. Now this week, as I mentioned, is the final week of our series we've been teaching called Made for Mondays. And this series has been built on something that Paul, Paul was a leader of the early church. He wrote a letter to the church in Rome and a slice of that letter included this instruction to them. He said to the church, and this is, this is applicable to us today. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. That's okay. Not every moment of your day is Instagrammable. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Doesn't mean God won't use it. Take your everyday, ordinary life doesn't mean it's not meaningful. Take your everyday, ordinary life doesn't mean God isn't doing something. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're changing nappies, you're going to uni, you're going to school, your retirement days. Take them, take your walking around life and place it before God is an offering, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Paul is saying that everything, take everything and place it before God as an offering. And what some people have made the mistake of doing is they've sliced and diced the God stuff and then the everyday stuff and, and, and compartmentalize those two things. Is I, I'll do the God stuff. I'll do the church thing on a Sunday. I'll pray during the week. I'll read my Bible during the week. And then there's the other stuff, the not God stuff, the going to work stuff, the preparing meals stuff, the hanging out with friends stuff, the raising kids stuff, the going to uni stuff, the doing assignment stuff. Well, that's the other stuff, the God stuff and the other stuff. And Paul's reminding us, no, 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 no. We could actually place it all before God place it all before Him. And if we do, place it before Him as an offering, He'll actually use that. 
He'll actually take that, take that seemingly ordinary stuff that we're all, you know, have to do, but God can actually use it. He can work in it and through it, the so-called ordinary life that we have. And I wanna circle back to the first week. The first week, I just, I just made a very simple analogy, very simple metaphor of traditional missionaries. Now, I appreciate not all of you grew up in church. Those of you that did, and if you haven't, let me catch you up. But those of you that did, you'd be kind of maybe familiar with the traditional, traditional missionary model. The traditional missionary model is that within a church, somebody or some couple or some family, they kind of feel God calling them somewhere else to go and share about Jesus somewhere else. And that might be overseas, typically overseas. And we would call them missionaries and they get sent over to this overseas place. And that still happens today. And there's, a, there's validity in that. There's, there's an importance in that. But here's the thing. I would put it to you that we're all missionaries, that we're all called, that we're all sent, that we're all placed. And in fact, those of us that are sent into ordinary places, that are sent with our ordinary life, that are doing missionary work in our ordinary Monday to Saturday, we've actually got some advantages over traditional missionaries. See, here's how it works for traditional missionaries. Some of, some of the moving parts is that a traditional missionary feeling a call somewhere else, they have to start praying for an opportunity. And yet you're already in the place that God placed you. So you're no longer even having to bother praying for opportunity because you're already there. You're already in that job. You're already in that family. You're already in that neighbourhood. You're already in that university. So that's an advantage we have over traditional missionaries. In some places, and particularly some of the, 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 the places that the, the gospel, that, that the message about Jesus needs to go the most, uh, aren't open to people going there with the message of Jesus. And so there's a whole process to even get permission. Well, again, you're already there. Permission's already been granted. When you turn up to your workplace tomorrow, you're allowed in. In fact, you're expected to be there. And I like this one the most. I reckon this is the sneaky one that God's done that's probably outstrips the others. Traditional missionaries require funds from outsiders to go and impact and invest into the insiders. <laughs> but you're actually funded by the insiders to reach the insiders. That your missionary work is actually paid for by the people you're actually sent to be a missionary to. Very, very, very clever stuff from God. So don't waste the opportunity. Don't just count down the days to the weekend. Place your ordinary everyday life before God. Now, I wanna zoom in on something that Jesus taught. And we've put this into the Bible section of our Elevate app. You can uh, open the app or you, if, you, if you want, you can download the app. There's plenty of other great stuff there as well. But in the bottom left corner, there's a tile there for the Bible. And it's gonna take you to something that Jesus spoke about when it comes to purpose. Now, purpose is not just the name of Justin Bieber's tour. Purpose is actually a question that I get asked a lot by people. What's my purpose? In fact, Louisa, my wife and I, we lead an Elevate group for 20-somethings and it's actually a conversation we're having with some of them right now. This question, what's my purpose? And, and I love that people in their 20s are asking the question, what's my purpose? That sets them up for an incredible God 
used trajectory in their life. And in fact, I'd love to see, and we're seeing that trickle down into our teenagers as well. What's my purpose? I'm, I know I'm here for a reason, I'm, I, but I wanna just get a little bit more specific. Well, the good news for you is I'm gonna share this morning from the words of Jesus about your purpose. Here's what Jesus said. Let me tell you why you're here. See, that's the sort of sentence that gets your attention, I hope. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavours of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. That's not good. Okay, here's another way to put it, in case you're too thick to understand that metaphor. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colours of this world. God is not a secret to be kept. In fact, we're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. And if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm gonna hide you under a bucket, do you? Insert rhetorical question. Uh Uh-uh, I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine! exclamation mark. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. There you go. What's your purpose? Here it is. To be salt and to be light, bringing out the God flavours and the God colours in this world. And that doesn't just happen in a box for an hour on a Sunday. In fact, the other 167 hours is where most of this happens. And we're sent into the marketplace, into the universities, into the schools, into the the mums group, into the retirement, uh, whatever retired people do, um, (laughs) hang out and and do stuff with people. Uh, We're actually there, sent by God, and and He's willing to use us, and we're there to, to be salt, and to be light, to actually point people to Jesus, to actually make a difference, to actually do and be something different to, to the people that we orbit in those spheres with. And, and I want you to get this. Tomorrow's Monday. Some of you are going to, to work. Some of you are going to university. Some of you, uh, if you're a student in school, I believe you get to have one more day, uh, many of you, and you're going into school on Tuesday. Well, here's the thing. Whatever it looks like, this week, you're gonna be somewhere in your sphere that God's placed you as a missionary. And I just wanna give you a few little uh, coaches tips on how you can bring out the God flavours and the God colours in those spheres. And here's, it's, it's, it's almost a chronological walkthrough. Of, of, a, of a day or a week in the life of a Jesus follower who understands this, that this is why we're here. So when you get in your car or your uh, bus or your push bike or your Vespa or whatever your preferred mode of transport is and you're going on the way to somewhere, here's the thing. Start with this very simple tip from the coach's playbook, pray on the way. Don't turn up unprepared. And the best way you can initiate the preparation is to pray. And and, and there's two things to pray for. There's to pray for you, that you're prepared, and to pray for the people that you're gonna meet up with, that God's actually doing something in them before you even get there. 
that God's actually kind of working the hearts and the lives and the minds of the people that you're gonna interact with. So you're prepared. You're gonna pray for wisdom, that I'll know what to say, what not to say. I'll know how to act, how not to act. Pray for favour, that, that, that an opportunity might, might open up and that you'll see it. So pray for insight. And then praying for the people, praying that there's a receptiveness to you actually being salt and being light. Pray on the way. Next one, and I've been beating this drum unapologetically throughout this series, always bring your best. Followers of Jesus representing Him in the marketplace, in the school, in the university, you and we, we should have a reputation as being the best. Employees, colleagues, bosses, fellow students, the best because we're representing the King of Kings in those spheres, bringing our best. So act with integrity even when other people aren't. Be consistent, even when it's not sexy and no one's patting you on the back for it and saying, good job. No, you're expected to do a good job. You get paid. What a blessing that is. Salary's not a bonus. <laughs> it's like an exchange. Bring your best. Integrity, consistency, hard work, trustworthiness that you're gonna do what you say you're gonna do. You're gonna follow through on the commitments that you've made. Attitude, here's one. And this is hardest when you're in a job that's not fun anymore. When you're working with people that, you know, if you didn't work with them, you probably wouldn't socialize with them. But attitude is a decision. And when you know that you're meant to be salt and to be light in a situation and in a season, in a circumstance and in a, in a setting, then choosing an attitude matters. And we can actually choose it, even in a job that's not fun anymore. In fact, one of the stories that's looped back to me through this series, Made for Mondays, is one of our team members, Reese. Reese works in a job that's not fun anymore for him. And he's working an exit strategy and he's positioning himself to, to get into another uh, profession and, 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 and line of work. But, but he's realised, man, while I'm here, I'm here. And so three weeks ago, he decided <laughs> to change his attitude. He decided that he was gonna turn up on Monday as if he liked his job, even though he didn't. And here's what his coworkers said. Man, you look like you've just come back from holiday. And he hadn't. He'd just come back from here. He'd just come back from a revelation that God actually wants to use him, even in a job that's not fun anymore. And so he chose to change his attitude and that's having an impact, bringing out the salt seasoning, the God colors, the God flavors of this world, even in a job that he doesn't like. Here's another way you bring out your best. This might sting a little. Speak life. Yeah, I know that's not what happens around the photocopier in your work. Yeah, I know that's not the general vibe in the break room. But you choose to be salt and to be light around the photocopier, in the break room, on the tools, in the lecture theatre, in the classroom. 
choose to speak life. You know, some people, the only way they talk about their spouse in public is by running them down. No, oh, you should meet my husband. No, oh, you're not gonna believe the thing my wife did. Well, you probably will because I've told you the other hundred dopey things she did. This one's probably not gonna surprise you either. Really? Is it your workplace or is it a counselling session? And if it's a counselling session, go and see a flipping counsellor. But in your workplace, be salt and light. Lift people up, speak life. Oh, my rotten kids. You know what? No one had a gun to your head when you were doing the dance with no pants. You chose to have the kids. Now choose to love them and choose to speak life into them. Choose to speak life about your colleagues even when your colleagues aren't speaking life about your colleagues. Choose to speak life about your colleagues even the colleagues that don't speak life about you when you're not there. Because we're there to bring out salt and life, not to be like everyone else, not to live to the lowest common denominator. And when we do these things, when we demonstrate that we're trustworthy, when we're consistent, when we bring a great attitude, when we choose to speak life, here's what happens. Hour by hour, day by day, week by week, month by month, and in some cases year upon year, we actually build a platform that people will allow us to live from and to influence them and to be salt and to be light. Don't hide your light. Here's a question. And again, this might sting a little. Do the people you work with or study with know that you're a follower of Jesus? And if not, why not? Don't you love them? I mean, if they're going to hell without following Jesus, and we're there, we've got a mission, people. We're not just there to get a job done, even though it's important that we do our jobs well. <clears throat> now, I need to qualify something. I asked a question. Brutally honest question, do the people that you work or study or orbit with in the weekdays, do they know that you're a follower of Jesus? Now, <laughs> tomorrow, <laughs> if the answer is no, tomorrow, start building the platform, but don't go storming into your workplace and be that guy, <laughs> okay? And if you're wondering what that guy looks like, let me give you an example of that guy. Oh, I was gonna go to Macy's, but Dillard's is having a sale. Man plans his steps, but the Lord directs his path. Look at these purses. Excuse me, this is fashion now? Lean not on your own understanding. Oh, Spencer's gifts? Mm-mm, guard your heart. Finish line? Oh, yes, run the race I have set before you. 30% off all things work together for good. Oh, would you look at these here? Run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. Uh, no thank you, I don't need any skincare samples. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, 
there are Starbucks, thank heavens, streams in the desert. Look at these watches for such a time as this. Look at all this baggage. No, thank you. I have left my burdens at the cross. Oh, I love this bedding. Yes, all who are weary, he will give you rest. Look at these knives. These are perfect. Iron sharpens iron. Oh, man does not live by bread alone. Hey, Adam, you want to take a bite of this? Mm-mm, man's original sin. Microsoft only for me, thank you. Oh, Lululemon, he will not tempt you beyond what you can handle. Oh, Zales, absolutely not. My treasure is in heaven. Payless is having a sale. Lead me not into temptation. Oh, judge all you want to. You without sin cast the first stone. Oh, love this hat. Look at this. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. I will dwell in the Nestle Toll House of the Lord forever. I come all the way in here for a sale and they don't have my size. Jesus, please, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. <laughs> just, uh, just let me restate. That was an example of what not to do. Okay, I understand that. All of those Bible verses are true. Tomorrow, do not be that guy. Jesus said that as we go into the world, as we go into the marketplace, as we go into the university, as we go into the, to the school, be salt seasoning. Don't open the dispenser and dump the whole flipping thing on someone's head, okay? It doesn't work. Too much of a good thing isn't a good thing. Don't be Judge Judy. Too many people, followers of Jesus, go into the marketplace, go into the workplace, go into the, and, and they think that their job is to shine the light of judgment. Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Jesus is watching, you know. <laughs> that we're there to expose people's sin and shame. And it's no, but don't shine the light of, of judgment, shine the light of hope, shine the light of life. Shine the light of encouragement. You know, you might be this week, if you choose to encourage someone in your workplace, you know, you might be the only person that ever encourages them during this entire week. Some of the people you work with, they, they're getting put down at home. They're getting put down in their extended families. They may be even getting put down on the work, in the workplace. And yet we have the opportunity to speak life and encouragement. And just by doing that, which by the way, is free for you to do, you're different. You'll build a platform. You're being salt. You're being light. And when we do these things, <laughs> the people that you orbit with, they are going to think that they've discovered the mythical unicorn. It's gonna feel like a David Attenborough documentary series about endangered species. Here we have, in the wild, We've discovered a Christian. <laughs> Previously thought of as an ex extinct species. These Christians have been known to feed on judgment and guilt and condemnation. And yet this one seems to be a new breed. <laughs> the, you know, when you finally come out as a followers of Jesus, if you haven't yet, some people, they, they, they're just gonna be like, they're not just gonna be surprised that you're a follower of Jesus, they, they're just gonna be surprised that there's somebody still on this planet that's an actual follower of Jesus. I'm not talking about being a churchgoer because we all know some people go to church, at least that's what they tick on the census form. But an actual follower of Jesus? Wow, wow, it's amazing. They'll post that on social media. I spotted one in the wild. Oh, 
amazing. And as we build this platform, <clears throat> without us being that guy, without us dumping salt, without a shining light of judgment on people, people can and will start to trust you with their lives. I wanna show you an example of this from one of our friends, Christine. How about you check this out? I have been working in administration for about 25 years and I have always made sure that the Lord was with me. I know that when I ended up with jobs, they were all from the Lord. There was no two ways about it. And I know that all of these jobs, he expected me to do something as well as them being my provision. And a lot of the time I didn't know what he wanted me to do, but I would ask and I would listen and then I would find what I needed to do. There were two very special stories involved in uh, when I was working with Woolworths. Over a long period of time, um, I saw the Lord's miracles in incredible ways. Um, one man came and found me out of, he didn't even work on our floor, um, but he found me in the kitchen one day and wanted to tell me about his wife had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. Now I ended up uh, praying for him and I and the Lord said he wanted me to continue praying for his wife, which I did. And then a little bit later on, she had a miracle and was completely cured. And after which they were so overjoyed that they both became Christians <laughs> in another church. <laughs> so I was really happy. There was one other story, which um, was a young girl. She was 21. She came to work with us. She had massive headaches and she wanted to know more and more about Jesus. So every morning tea, for I would sit with her with a cup of coffee and we would talk about Jesus. Within three weeks, she no longer came to work and she was in hospital and they didn't anticipate that she was going to live. And her talking to me, with me about Jesus was because she had given her heart to him during that period of time and I knew that she was going to be with him. These things happen when you listen to the Lord in your workplace. You think there's nothing there. What am I going to do with this in this job? Ask the Lord, he'll tell you or he'll show you we all have a purpose. Great, huh? Pray on the way. Always bring your best. Don't hide your light. And then last tip from the coach's playbook is be bold. That God will actually honor your commitment to be a missionary in the sphere that you're in and opportunities will come about if you're doing the things that God's called you to do, if you're building that platform like they did for Christine. Opportunities will come, and when they come, be bold about them. Stephen Baldwin, not to be confused with bold, bold, this is gonna get very confusing. Stephen Baldwin, be bold. Stephen Baldwin, the uh, slightly lesser known 
younger brother of Alec Baldwin. He's been thrust into the spotlight uh, quite recently, Stephen Baldwin, because his daughter is just recently become engaged to Justin Bieber. Okay, following, everyone got this, the tree, okay? Haley Baldwin, daughter of Stephen Baldwin, not Alec Baldwin, Stephen Baldwin. Stephen Baldwin, what you may not know, and his daughter Haley and the Biebs are all followers of Jesus. But that's not how Stephen Baldwin and his wife and then they, their daughter grew up. They didn't actually grow up, grow up as followers of Jesus. And it was just over a decade ago that uh, Stephen Baldwin and his wife had employed a new uh, cleaning lady. Her name was Augusta, a new cleaning lady. And um, Stephen Baldwin's wife noticed that Augusta every day while she's cleaning would sing these songs just out loud and, and constantly just be singing these songs. And she'd listened for those two weeks while Augusta was singing these songs and, and came to, 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 to realize or discover that every one of the songs that Augusta was singing were songs about Jesus and that, that got Stephen Ball's wife, got her curious. And so after this two-week period that Augusta had been cleaning for them, she went up to Augusta and asked her, said, listen, uh, help me understand these songs you're singing. Help me understand why, why they're all about Jesus. And Augusta just burst into outrageous laughter. Couldn't answer the question initially, just started cracking up laughing at this question, why these songs that you're singing all about Jesus? And when she'd done laughing, she said to Stephen Baldwin's wife, you think I'm here to clean your house. I'm not here to clean your house. I'm here to lead you and your husband and your family to Jesus. And in fact, when I do, not if, when I do, you will go on to establish your own ministry and you'll have used the platform that actually God's given you publicly to lead many, many more people to become followers of Jesus. And in due course, that is exactly what happened. And even now, God is taking this uh, engagement of Haley Baldwin, a New York model, already had a, a platform and a prominence in, in sphere, and by the way, New York City is like the global epicenter of cultural influence, right? And, and, and uh, Haley Baldwin's now engaged to Justin Bieber. By the way, they first met when he was 13 years old. That's just another little fun fact. You can drop it on your friends tomorrow. They'll be impressed. Uh, and the Biebs is a follower of Jesus now. And he's like, I think it's, he's competing with President Obama is having the, the, the number one amount of Twitter followers. He deleted his Instagram. It's a pretty good idea. Oh, you think, oh, really? Justin Bieber, is he really a Christian? Well, are you? <laughs> Instead of being cynical, it's like, no, he, he grew up as a teenager under the spotlight and yeah, the pressure caused some things to fall out of the cracks, just like it did for you when you were a teenager or in your 20s, so let's not go there, shall we? Because here's what's happening. Justin and Haley Baldwin are using their platform to declare their salt and their light in a time and opportunity where, where, where they can do that in an unprecedented way, in a way that's not happened in communication ever, that using even things like social media 
In fact, especially things like social media. To talk about how Jesus has revolutionized their life and transformed their life and it's transforming their, their relationship and he, he, neither of them are gonna uh, sign a, a prenuptial agreement because they believe that marriage is forever and they're going public with, with all this stuff. But here's the thing. Augusta was the catalyst. The girl that they thought they were employing to clean their house. And she's like, no, man, you're paying me to be a missionary <laughs> in your house, in your family. And when the opportunity came, why do you sing these songs about Jesus? <laughs> she was bold. So here's what happens with traditional missionaries. Before they go, they get commissioned. And they would typically stand and stand before the church or with the church and the church would pray for them, send them on the boat or into the airplane. Those of you that wanna actually commence or renew or level up your willingness to be a missionary starting tomorrow, I wanna commission you right here now. Let's actually have a commissioning, commissioning ceremony for missionaries in the marketplace, missionaries in the university, missionaries in the school, missionaries in the community. If you're ready, I want to pray for you. How about you stand right now? Stand up, say, that's me. I'm, <laughs> I'm a missionary. I'm a missionary and, uh, and I'm ready. I'm ready to be sent. I'm called and I'm ready to be sent. And I'm going, I'm going in. I was going in anyway. <laughs> they're expecting me. They just didn't realize they were getting a missionary. Well, they're getting a missionary. That missionary's me. A friend of mine says a missionary's not someone who crosses the sea, but as someone who sees the cross. It's very clever. Wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> Let me pray for you. You're being sent by God. He wants to take your everyday, ordinary life and use you to be salt and to be light. It's not always gonna be easy. But starting tomorrow, pray on the way. Always bring your best. Don't hide your light. And when the opportunity presents itself, and it might not present itself for quite some time because you're busy building your platform. You're busy building the relationships. You're busy building the trust. You've got to build the foundation before you start putting up the walls. Build the foundation before you start inviting people over. It's the process, but as of tomorrow, you're in there as a missionary and you know it now. Whether you knew it before or you didn't know it before, you know it now. So God, these, these missionaries, man, I, didn't, I don't know if any church has ever sent so many missionaries by way of percentage on one morning as we're sending tomorrow. That's exciting about God with your sending these people who are standing into those marketplaces that are gonna look remarkably like they did last week, but with a new perspective from us that we're looking through a new lens, the lens of a missionary, the lens of this is why you're here. God, I pray that you give these people favor, that you give these people standing Wisdom, courage, strength, 
and ultimately opportunity. And that we would see and seize those opportunities when they come. That we will be salt and light to bring out the God flavors and the God colors into the marketplace, into the schools, into the universities, into the homes, into the communities. In Jesus' name, amen. Go get them, missionaries.